0: We're going on a trip today to Whitey, New Jersey to the Keswick Bible Conference where I'm speaking on the order and structure of the Trinity. This is extremely important to understanding our world today and where God is heading and what the kingdom of God is going to
1: look like. Stay with me. I'll be right back. Finding and knowing God is a faith walk. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our hope lies in the coming Messiah who will establish God's peaceful kingdom on earth. This is Faith Walk with Ron Susek. Dr. Ron is an evangelist committed to encourage and equip your Faith Walk as we pass through these turbulent end-time days awaiting that soon-coming kingdom. Here again is Ron Susek.
0: We cannot come to the place where we witness the Holy Spirit doing the unbelievable, the unimaginable, the impossible, as long as there's something in us that thinks that we can do it
2: for God. Your target might be right, your motive might be right, but until you're dead,
0: what did Jesus say? Nothing can grow. That in mind, I'm going to take you into a little bit of theological structure, if I could, because this is important. I'm laying the foundation for the rest of the week. i want to read for you Psalm chapter 10. And the opening verse you'll probably recognize right away, but it's a verse that we have never really carefully exegeted. Psalm chapter 10, verse 1. The Lord says to my Lord... Sit at my right hand until I, not Ron Susack, until I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord says to my Lord, do you know that those are the two lords are two different words? The word, the first Lord is
2: Jehovah. The second word is Adonai. Jehovah the supreme God of gods. The second one, Adonai, the one who carries out the will of the Father. So, yes,
0: Jesus made himself co-equal with the Father. By the way, that's not too hard to illustrate. You know that in marriage, you have two people who become what? One in spirit. It's very interesting. <laughs> Funny story about a man. Uh, he, uh, he was in a, a contest for a linguistic competition. And the question was this. Some people say there are no differences between complete and finished. How do you explain the difference between complete and finished in a way that is easily understandable? His answer got him a five-minute ovation and a world trip. Here was his answer. When you marry the right woman, you are complete. When you marry the wrong woman, you are finished. <laughs> and when the right and when the right one catches you with the wrong one you are completely finished <laughs> it's humorous but what his humor is doing is reminding us what marriage is it's two identical two people that are have their own identity they have separate roles they can't say well my upper half is woman my lower half is man as we're hearing on the news right now. They cannot say, I imagine myself as a woman. Oh, you know where I'm going with that. I don't need to, I mean, that's, that's like walking through a cesspool, all that kind of talk. But it's a man and a woman designed by God coming together, and they become one in spirit. Spirit. Now, what I've learned in more than 50 years of ministry is that that is never complete on the day you say, I do. It takes a lifetime to develop that oneness of spirit. How many are old enough here to say amen to that? It's true. It takes a lifetime of learning to forgive and forget and to help and to give and and to say to yourself, I'm not here to be served, I'm here to serve. And if the other person is saying the same thing in reverse, all of a sudden your spirits begin to blend together. But the moment you think that you ought to be served and you're just grunting and wanting the other person to run around and do your business, you'll never be one spirit. Because people become one in spirit only, only when they love so deeply, you find them riding a donkey like Jesus did. Wrapped in humility on their knees with a towel-washing feet. Nothing other than that will form a great marriage. Now, the point I'm driving at is this. There is very clear structure in the Trinity, and I'm telling you why I'm dealing with this this week. Over the past months, what God has opened up in our life and ministry is so completely unimaginable so completely beyond us and you'll understand that as we go along this week totally beyond us i don't enter the bible
2: just to read stories i want to know
0: father i need to know how to, how your son related to you because He overcame every obstacle and redeemed the universe. And you said that I'm to be like him. I want to know how he did it. And I will do everything I can to duplicate that in my life. Let me show you how this happens. This is incredible. And and I'm not talking to you out of... Testimonially, I'll have to share with you that... And my wife will verify this because she fills it in the middle of the night over and over again, hundreds of nights. I'm out of bed at one in the morning to get in the Word of God and in prayer till three, four, five in the morning because I'm desperate that I don't want to leave this planet and miss the privilege of God being able to do the supernatural in and through my life. Why settle for anything less, right?
1: Why settle for less? Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled, The Assyrian Prophecy, that is a missing part of the end times puzzle. And he who sat on the
0: throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon-coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom He will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would you have me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. And by the way, before you get a feeling inside saying, "Ah, Ron, I'm not educated. I'm not this. Good for you. You know what the Bible says? Do you know who God selects? The thing that is nothing. To bring to nothing the thing that is. The thing that is little to bring down the thing that is big. The little David against the big Goliath. That's the pattern of God. Why? Why? Because he is not glorified if we are serving him in our power and we do some things that the public thinks is great. That doesn't glorify God. That glorifies us. We are born of the spirit as the children of God to bring glory to God. And that's why we need to allow him to be able to produce in and through us those things that cannot be explained humanly. For example,
2: only an idiot would say Moses got Israel out of Egypt. He didn't. It was the great I.M. Moses was, Moses was only a spokesman.
0: And it's when the great I.M. moves that to this day the world has to bow to the fact that an incredible thing happened. The impossible happened. A nation trapped for 430 years in slavery is now walking across the, the Red Sea on dry ground. And oh, yeah, you've got those numbskulls who say, well, the sea was low that time of year. It was only six inches deep. That's how they crossed. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed by that, that the whole Egyptian army drowned in six inches of water. <laughs> My friend, let's live for the supernatural. And I'm telling you how to get there. I'm not just trying to excite you. I'm I'm trying to tell you how to get there. We've got to die. And then we've got to dare to face the enemy. There'll be tough times. It's a real battle. This is not an amateur's game. Watch this. Here's what I want you to see. The structure of the Trinity. Number one. The, the Father is the highest authority. Jehovah God, the Father, is the highest authority. Isaiah forty five fifteen. Truly, you are a God who hides himself, O God of Israel, the Savior. Psalm 27, 5. By the way, when it says he hides himself, do you know why? God does his great works through other people, through you. Psalm 27.5, where he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, anchored to the rock of ages. Psalm 77.19, your way was through the sea, your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. Why does God do it that way? Because when someone says, well, the Egyptian army drowned in six inches of water, they are bringing judgment on themselves. But when you and I say, glory to God, he literally parted the sea, dried the ground, they walked across by the power of God, we're glorifying God. That's what you choose because God does it through people. And if you credit the person, you judge yourself. If you glorify God, you judge yourself well. Now, that's the Father's role. He is the supreme God. Look who the Son is. And this may be a bit surprising. But if you read John, chapter, uh, the John, the book of John, very carefully, here's what you'll find in John 5.19. Truly, truly, I say to you, The son can do nothing of his own accord. If Jesus can do nothing on his own, how can you and I do nothing on our own? Even if we're well-intentioned, even if our goal is, is correct, we cannot produce the result. The son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing For whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise.
2: I, like you, have sought God
0: wholeheartedly for many years. And over the past few years, I've added to my seeking God this prayer. God, come to me. I've been coming to you, coming to you, coming to you. I've even presented to God some of the greatest plans ever invented in the human mind, and he ignores them all. So I've come to you and come to you. God, come to to me and show me where you're going. I'll go with you. John chapter 6, verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Do, Do you see the total dependency of Jesus on his Father? John chapter 7, verse 5, my teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. John 5, 30, I can do nothing on my own as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John seven twenty eight, you know me and you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who sent me is true and him you do not know john eight twenty nine and he sent me and and he who sent me is with me he is not he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Are you getting the picture? Jesus had to live by faith as the author of our faith, the same as you and I must live by faith. And he did not come here to do things for his father. He came here to see what his father is doing and to let his father work in him and through him. He was totally subject to the authority of his father. Probably some of your minds are already scrambling of people you know who have taken this thing of authority and made these great claims. In the authority of Jesus' name given to me, I command this, I command. All right. If God gives you an assignment, you'll get the authority for that assignment. But if He doesn't give you that assignment, you're on your own. So wake up and realize why when you issued a command it didn't work. John 10:18. No one takes it, my life, from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father, John 12, 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. One more, John fourteen ten. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Are you getting the picture? If Jesus had to live his life, moving towards redeeming the universe as well as you and me individually, how can I dare think I can achieve anything trying anything else? Our abilities, our talents, our capabilities, our intelligence, none of it can accomplish the impossible. It is when we die to ourselves that now the Holy Spirit is able to fill us and lead us. Now, watch this. i have just taken you through a list of verses showing you that Jesus, the Son, was in total subjection to the Father. I only do what I see my Father doing. I only say what my Father tells me to say. i It's His authority, not my authority. Watch this now. The Holy Spirit is also completely subject to the Father. Look at John chapter 16, verse 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. That's the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Doesn't do anything by his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. I, I hope I'm getting the point driven home to you the way God has been driving it home to me. Ron, there's not a thing about you that I can use. And if you think there is, I'm going to do my great works through a donkey.
2: Right? The stones will speak. Balaam's donkey spoke. As you die...
0: You're not, you're not disappearing. You're fully there. But now you recognize I cannot do the work of God. I cannot perform the impossible, the miraculous. Even leading someone to Jesus Christ is a miraculous act. And the Holy Spirit cannot do that, nor Jesus Christ. They only do that because they are both totally subject to the authority of the
2: Father. And as a result, not
0: only does Jesus Christ redeem you and me, he redeems the universe, and he's coming very, very soon, unbelievably soon, to rule the world. How can you rule it with him if we haven't learned what I'm saying tonight, to die to self? Anything in us that says, wow, if God uses me, I'll rise in importance. The seed's not dead. You're getting the message? Not from Ron Susek, but from the Holy Spirit? And are you realizing you, no matter what your age, no matter what your health, it doesn't matter. You're saying, God, here I am. I
2: am yours. And I'm dying to all of my Seeds in me that oppose you to elevate me. I'll just
0: close with this little testimony. COVID literally shut our ministry down because, as many of you may remember, I was traveling up and down Africa conducting Great Commission summits, training and encouraging and challenging Christian leaders to come back to the pure and simple gospel. And to take that gospel to the villages I could never reach, I would be killed if I tried to go there. And it was going so well. And it's still going well. Because the Holy Spirit did it, I didn't do
2: it. But when COVID hit, I didn't stay in my house. I jumped in my car day after day and drove out through the country praying. God. Is this where I hang up my boots? Is it over? Okay, if, if, if that's your word, I don't like it, but I'll lay it down. I'm done. And I had some rare encounters with God in some of those rides where I
0: really sensed in unexplainable ways his presence saying, I got it under control, Ron. I know what I'm doing.
2: And I got a phone call from my publicist. And she said, Ron, there's a man in Canada who's starting a new television network. And he wants to talk to you. We talked on the phone for two hours, Zoom call. And, and he said, I had a vision. I saw a volcano
0: spewing. Lava in every direction, and I realized that is a lot of the non Christian nonsense we've been spewing out to the world through television. And God has laid it on my heart to begin a new television approach. I only want people on it who are t- telling the truth and preaching the gospel. We talked for two hours. He said, I want you to do a program for me. A year ago, March 1, we launched our first program.
2: And within two or three months, Roku gave us a channel, free. Roku. More
0: networks picked it up. More streaming picked it up. Podcasts picked it up. And they tell me, that there's not a place on earth where you cannot see the broadcast of the telecast today in one year. People in the industry say that's impossible. It doesn't happen. Particularly because we are not paying for this.
2: We have to pay for the production, but
0: they want the program. It's surprising everyone. Not because Ron Sussex better than someone else, believe me. It's because the Holy Spirit is doing something. And I believe that God is setting a media platform for reasons that I'll talk about later in the week of where He is going. My job is to simply do what Jesus did Father, show me where you're going.
2: I'll go with you. Father, If I don't see you saying it, I'm not going to say it. If I see you saying it, I will say it. My friend, America is now in as disastrous a condition as any
0: nation on earth. We used to talk about the heroes of faith in those. Communistic countries where they were imprisoned and suffered. It's where we are right now in America.
2: Will God find in
0: this group this week those people who are ready to say, God, my eyes are on you, my ear is tuned to you, where you go, I go, what you say, I say, what you don't say, I'm not going to say. You know, you, can you imagine how many family arguments that would end overnight?
2: Really. We speak
0: so spontaneously out of our own arrogance, out of our own perceptions. God, I'll only say what you're saying.
2: God, I'll only go where you're going. My friend, I want to leave you with this tonight, just to think about and pray about. Who can begin to imagine what God will be delighted to do through you?
0: Achieve something that will stand forever. Lifting something that's impossible, humanly
2: speaking. And you did it because you got
1: out of the way. Now, Dr. Ron has been talking to us about the end-time days and wants us to prepare for the coming kingdom. And he has written a book titled, The Assyrian Prophecy, that is a missing part of the end-times puzzle. And he who sat on the throne said,
0: Behold, I make all things new. Write, for these words are true and faithful. The world is not ending. God is preparing a new world soon to begin. An ancient nation thought lost to extinction is soon to rise anew to prepare for that day. Isaiah identified this nation in a prophecy that has been hidden in plain sight for some 2,700 years. Its name is Assyria. My new book, The Assyrian Prophecy, reveals how Assyria will join with Israel and Egypt to bless the world under the soon-coming Messiah. Amid today's chaos, God is searching for righteous people through whom He will bring the prophecy to completion. When you reach the end of this book, one question will be in your mind. Lord, what would
1: you have me to do? You can learn more at theassyrianproject.org. Thank you for your gift to help Dr. Ron in building lives by advancing the teaching of God's Word through the programs of Faith Walk you may never know until heaven whose lives you've impacted somewhere around the world. So please accept and enjoy your copy of The Assyrian Prophecy as our personal thank you for standing with us at Faith Walk. Well, thanks for being with us today. And we hope you'll join us again next week as we find courage for the journey in our Faith Walk.